Good morning. The first reading is from 2 Kings. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory over Aram. The man, through a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Armenians, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she had served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I a god to give death or life? That this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy. Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elijah's home. Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abania and Farpar the river of Damascus? better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. The word of the Lord. We'll now read Psalm 111. Hallelujah. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. Majesty and splendor mark your deeds, and your righteousness endures forever. You give food to those who fear you, remembering forever your covenant. You The works of your hands are faithfulness and justice. All of your precepts are sure. They stand fast You sent redemption to your people and commanded your covenant forever. Holy and awesome is your name. The second reading is from Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, 
even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if he have died with him, he will also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, we will also, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that there are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Here ends the reading. gospel this Lord's Day is the gospel according to Luke. We are in chapter 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When the Lord saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of our Lord. again and welcome again. I would like to turn your attention once more to the Old Testament lesson taken today from 2 Kings chapter 5. This lesson tells the story of the long ago day when Naaman the Syrian was healed of leprosy. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied among you all in the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's an awful lot going on in today's Old Testament lesson. And because this passage comes from a part of the Bible you may not be overly familiar with, I'd like to take just a moment to 
set the stage. Naaman was a very successful army officer from the land of Aram, which we today know as Syria. Aram and Israel were enemies. And led by this man, Naaman, the people of Aram had defeated the people of Israel in battle many times. In his homeland, therefore, Naaman was something of a hero. He was rich, popular, well-placed, important. One problem, though, he also had leprosy. The irony here is both powerful and painful. Naaman was a man who had absolutely everything in life, every good thing you could possibly wish for, he had. But he couldn't enjoy any of it because he was an outcast, even from his own family. He was diseased. He had leprosy. Desperate for a cure. Naaman journeys to the land of his arch enemy, the land of Israel. And he seeks out the prophet Elisha because Naaman knows of the God of Israel. And he also knows that Elisha is God's prophet. Long story short, Elisha sends word to Naaman that if he wants to be healed of his leprosy, he needs to wash in the Jordan River seven times. That's it. That's all. Wash in the Jordan River seven times and have a nice day. Naaman at this point is actually offended. For one thing, Elisha didn't come out and talk to me personally. How very rude. And for another, washing myself publicly in the Jordan River is just beneath my dignity. So Naaman is ready to ride off in a huff. But verse 13, some unnamed servants approach him. These servants had heard God's word spoken by the prophet. These servants had taken those words to heart, and they were now bold enough to speak them again to Naaman. They were bold enough, yet also kind and gentle enough, to simply invite their master to, you know, give it a try. So Naaman does. He washes in the river and is in fact healed, and the story moves on from there. But this morning, I want to focus for a moment on those unnamed servants. They had heard the word of God. They had listened to the word of God. They had taken the word of God to heart. And they were now kind enough and brave enough to repeat the word of God to Naaman. Indeed, without the intervention of these unnamed servants, there's no miracle. I'd like to suggest that this nation in which we live, this nation is kind of like Naaman the Syrian. 
this land of ours. We're just like Naaman. Rich, powerful, important, blessed with so many good gifts. Life in this country overflows with good gifts. Life here is filled with a bounty that people even a generation ago could not even have imagined. Blessed in all these many ways, yet scarcely able to enjoy any of it. Blessed in all these many ways, yet restless and worried and distressed. It's because this country is ill, okay? Diseased. This land is consumed not with leprosy, which is, after all, only skin deep. Ours is rather an illness that goes all the way to the heart and to the soul. And the cure is out there, you know. I mean, the cure is out there. The cure isn't exactly a mystery, is it? The cure is there, as always, in the Word of God. But proud and angry and disdainful, this land, like Naaman the Syrian, would rather ride away sick than humble itself and find a cure. May I repeat that? Proud, angry, disdainful. This land would rather ride away sick than humble itself and find a cure. So verse 13. It's up to the unnamed servants to find a way, gently, kindly, peacefully. It's up to the unnamed servants to remind folks out there what the word of God is and what it says. It's up to the unnamed servants to invite folks out there to, you know, give it a try. In the story of Naaman the Syrian, the church, you and me, church, we are those unnamed servants. The word is there, and it's not exactly a mystery. The word is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who took on human flesh and blood and lived among us as one of us. Jesus came to earth and healed our diseases. Jesus came to earth and cast out our demons and calmed our storms. Jesus came and carried our sins to the cross, where he died to forgive us, and on the third day rose from the dead to save us. And this Jesus is with us now, a very present help in every trouble, a guiding hand at every turn, a healing, forgiving touch for every sin and every regret. This Jesus is here, a word of hope for every person, a word of hope for every family. This is the word of God made flesh, the word of God that heals and saves. It is none other than Jesus and that word is presented to us in the Bible. And it's now up to us, the unnamed servants, to gently, peaceably, kindly, boldly invite folks to give Jesus a try. Okay. All right. Sounds good, but what if? 
What if in the story today from 2 Kings, what if those servants hadn't been listening? What if those servants, when it came time to speak the word to Naaman, what if they hadn't been listening? What if they didn't know what the word was? Let me be plain. The world out there today isn't exactly tuned into the Word of God, but newsflash, that, that's really no surprise. When it comes to God's Word, the world has always been proud and disdainful. The world has always wanted to saddle its high horse and simply ride away. The world has never exactly been tuned into the Word of God, but what is different today, sadly sometimes, neither is the church. Neither are we the unnamed servants. We aren't exactly tuned into the word either, are we? Before service, I had Casey pass out a little piece of paper to everybody. I hope you got one. If you don't, we'll get one later. But on one side of this little piece of paper is a quiz. I often give this quiz to confirmation students. Just for fun, take it home and see how you do on it. And if the answer is, not so hot, then look on the other side. It's this week's pledge sheet, which is not to be turned into anybody. It's part of what Good Hope is doing, the One Step Forward Challenge. The pledge sheet is for you to take home, fill out, pray over, magnetize to your refrigerator so you see it every day. The pledge sheet is there to gently, kindly, boldly invite you deeper into the study of God's Word. For your sake, for the sake of your family, and for the sake of the world out there. After all, how could those unnamed servants have ever brought the Word to Naaman if they didn't know what the Word was? How can we? In the days of Elisha and Naaman the Syrian, God worked a great miracle. He brought healing to a soldier, and through this soldier, God brought peace between two warring lands. Well, I want to tell you that God works miracles in our day, too. Forgiveness and reconciliation for individuals and families. Hope in the face of death and comfort in spite of loss meaning and purpose and direction for believers both young and old, new life today, new life forever, God works miracles for us through this Jesus Christ who died and rose again. And Jesus is here again today looking for unnamed servants who have heard his word and are willing to gently, boldly share it with others. This Jesus, in other words, is looking for you and the next step forward in following Jesus is to dig deeper into the word yourself. May this be the day in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.